0: Hello! I'm back! You tried to get rid of me? I heard you doing it all well on your own, Matthew, interviewing musicians. Welcome to the Comedians Playing Fantasy Premier League podcast with me, John Richardson, the guy you forgot about.
1: And me, the guy he just mentioned, Matt Ford. This is the podcast where we talk about FPL football and you could win three quid.
0: Yes, not only are we giving away trucks full of cash this week, but we will also be joined by producer extraordinaire, the man who is the Lightning Seeds, Ian Brodie, and uh, a Liverpool fan. So we'll have a chat about Liverpool. I'll try to steer it back to Leeds. I imagine you'll bring Forrest up a bit.
1: Yeah, that's what we usually do. Let's just deal with our FPL teams at the moment. Having thought that I got off to a good start, I'm now second bottom of the league. I've had a terrible, terrible start.
0: Yeah, last week was a stinker. I didn't enjoy last week. Shall I let you into a little secret? Yeah, go on. So I made th- three substitutions last Saturday afternoon. Yeah. I was in a bad mood. Um, Leeds had dropped points. Uh, so I just I swapped out three players. I'm going to declare something now that has not been picked up on Twitter by any of our listeners or, to my knowledge, by producer Danny. Um, but in my fit of peak, I transferred out a Leeds United player <gasps> Who I did not replace with a Leeds United player and therefore only have two Leeds United players currently in my squad and I have failed to live up to the promise that I made to you and our listeners to have three Leeds United players in my team it will be rectified this week I apologize if it's any consolation it's probably the worst decision I made given that Leeds had their best result arguably of the last 20 years this week um But I, I'm just going to be honest And I'm going to tell you that's what happened I didn't look at FPL this week I barely looked at football uh, while I was away So I made my changes on Saturday afternoon And I didn't look at it until this week And I thought I'd done really badly But I'm pleased to see that as you say You've done worse
1: Firstly, one, scumbag for breaking <laughs> the rules Two, <laughs> which player did you transfer out And how many points were they yielded? I transferred
0: out the injured Patrick Bamford Okay Um which, you know, is a sort of obvious decision. The logical thing to do would have Subbing. been to bring in Rodrigo, who scored 13 points this week, a goal and an assist, or Jack Harrison, who scored 14 points this week um, mm. and had a similarly excellent game. I did neither of those things. I can't remember who I brought in. I can't really remember much about my team. I think I also took out Jared Bowen. Um... That proved to be a good decision with West Ham continuing their slump. And this week, not to let you in on too many secrets, I shall be taking out Joao Cancelo. So perhaps uh, a good week to bring him in if you're, uh, if you're that way inclined, if you believe in the curse. Mm. But I just want to thank you. I listened to the show you did without me. I listened to the glee in your voice, now much you enjoyed it, your little rat bag. <laughs> um, I just want to say, on behalf of all Leeds United fans, the fact that you interviewed a Chelsea fan last week and then Leeds, can I say destroyed? Yes. Tought to shreds, ripped asunder. Um, Chelsea, I, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think you've passed on the curse to Chelsea. And ahead of the Brighton game, I wonder if you could just, I'm not asking you to do a full interview, but maybe pop on some Fat Boy Slim or <laughs> anything you can to curse Brighton equally this week would be much appreciated.
1: I will try. Obviously, um, I, in the process, have cursed myself on a grand scale. So not only did I pass on the curse to Chelsea, which helped you, I picked Darwin Nunes after the Charity Shield final. He obviously got sent off for a double headbutt. I, I wasn't on top of the admin this week, so he remains. Obviously, I mean, that's just pointless having a striker that isn't even going to play against Manchester United on Monday night.
0: Well, he he will come out, obviously. So John McGinn will come in. So that's another sweet, sweet point.
1: Well, That's a one point, yeah. And I've capped in Salah, but so has everyone. So I'm just in a state this week. Thank God Brennan Johnson scored. He's coming nine points anyway. Yeah more than harlan this week with six anyway darwin nunes has played a big part in my life this week because just oh, as really? i cursed him and then he in return cursed my fpl team <laughs> I don't know if you saw the news last week but i had a baby in my edinburgh show you did you
0: know i was going to play a baby crying sound effect throughout this uh, interview just to wind you up but the story got so mad that I thought it actually might be quite a traumatic thing to do. And even I, I want you to know, sometimes have your best interests at heart.
1: Well, I've enjoyed the whole thing. Have I mean, it's, it's a hard, lesson in it? how quickly things can go viral. But the point, the link to Nunes is, it, it was such a big story on Twitter. I was trending number two on Twitter. The only thing keeping me <laughs> off the top spot was a Premier League player having headbutted someone live on TV. Wow. I mean, this was about a week ago now. A, a Dad brings a baby onto the front row. And the baby's crying. So at first, you know, when you're on stage, you can't quite tell what's happening. So I was like, is that a baby? Uh, I just carried on anyway, because you don't want to come. And I'm a polite comedian. Then I incorporate it into the show. And you think...
0: <laughs> Go on, keep going.
1: i make a kid joke kid, out of it. And we you have can't... a good laugh. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I mean, you can see how distra- this is actually quite triggering. <laughs> Imagine this for 40 minutes, right? So I keep kind of going, oh, you know, and whenever I'm doing impressions, I'm sort of incorporating it and whatnot. And then it gets to 40 minutes, and like the venue staff, no one is doing anything. And I can see the rest of the audience getting cheesed off. So I was just like, oh, would it be okay to try and leave? And then he doesn't leave. Someone told me, actually, at the back, he walked to the back of the venue and started singing a lullaby rather than just remove it. So anyway... At 40 minutes, I was like, mate, I think if it's okay, you just have to leave. So all I thought was, I'll just tweet about it so that people know, don't do it. I mean, my Thank God. I mean, I've had people coming up to me in the street in Edinburgh, like old men. <laughs> I went for a coffee on Saturday. It was just sat on a wall next to these two old boys, and one of them led over and went, I didn't need more babies than you shoe, show me. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, I was like, on, you're saved by the way. And the guy was going, hey, I've just come back from France. Everyone's talking about this. Was that you? I was like, mate, I literally every taxi driver, it's mad how big the story's gone. Um, but it didn't bother me because it, it's kind of like a silly row, isn't it? It's not like Yeah, well, it seems times. to me
0: there's, in, in order for it to become a news story, there has had to become a sort of sub-argument. So the top-level story is, should a crying baby be allowed to disrupt a show for everyone else in the audience? Obviously not. That That is so non-divisive that then there's become this side issue of what you really were saying is that you hate all babies and nobody who has a baby should be allowed out at any point. And that has then become the new story.
1: Some guy on Twitter called me King Herod. <laughs> <laughs> But then I had other people going, no, 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 comedians should. If, it, if there's a baby crying in the audience, uh, comedians have to incorporate it. You know, it's I, was like, I did for 40 minutes. And then other people go, no, oh, this is a yeah. misogynist. I was like, the baby was with its dad. People make all sorts of assumptions. And you just like, in the end, if a baby starts crying, it has to leave the gig, doesn't it, John? I don't know if you've ever had this.
0: Well, it's the same as like, can you bring mobile phones into a gig? Yes. If you persistently have alarms and calls coming in throughout the gig, that, that's on you, really. I've had babies in my gigs before. I don't know if it's the sort of soothing uh, sound of my voice; they've they've remained very calm throughout. Um,
1: Same for the adults. To be fair, a lot of them have nodded off at your gigs.
0: If <laughs> it's the silence, I think even the support. Um, I don't
1: don't if... If...
0: <laughs> but uh, I don't know what it is about your act that upset the baby. Um, maybe maybe the baby voted SNP and was upset by some of the things you said about Nicholas Sturgeon.
1: Mm. Maybe the baby was a pro-Brexit. Pro Boris, SNP, Corbynista, <laughs> uh, just really pressed all his buttons.
0: Who hates Forest?
1: <laughs> I do get Forest in there as much as I possibly can.
0: Do you? Of course. In your Edinburgh li- show?
1: Yeah, well, just little things. Like if I, g- I have to give an example, you know, I do, I do, you know, I do a thing about like Sky Sports. You know, I go um, Monday night football live from the Emirates, it's Arsenal against Nottingham Forest, and it's live on Sky Sports Premier League. I'll just nudge it in there.
0: I heard a rumour this week, perhaps you can confirm as a Forest fan whether or not this is true, that Nottingham Forest have to be renamed Nottingham as the Forest has been cut down to print money for you to buy every footballer in the world. Is that true?
1: I'll tell you what, lovely bit of business that, John. Um, Thanks, mate. A couple of issues with it. Um, obviously we oh, here we
0: go. Little Barbie's angry. Well, the heckles use plastic. are up, you can hear it. We
1: use plastic notes in the UK. We have metal coins and a lot of money now basically just exists as numbers on a screen in a contactless society. So oh, tell me about it, do... mate. I've seen do... your
0: numbers on the screen. How much? You're just jealous. It's white.
1: That Forrester have got some cash.
0: Oh, I'll say that now, 100%. And all fans criticising Forest spending are secretly thinking, oh, it'd be nice to ship 200 mil. You've spent about the same as Barcelona in this transfer window. you spent more than PSG? you well, spent more than Real Madrid?
1: Here's a great fact for you. We've spent more in this window than we've spent in our entire history.
0: Wow. You've spent pre- more than an entire Dutch Eredivisie.
1: Yeah, I think I think until now our transfer fees have been like one hundred and forty-four million, and we've spent one hundred and fifty-three. I, I I actually haven't had that verified, but I saw it in a tweet, and everything on Twitter is true. in it, I mean, it's just a great stat anyway, whether it's true or false.
0: It is remarkable, and and I will I'll I'll say it again, it's it's jealousy, and if it works, and you finish mid table or something like that, then absolutely, well done to you. Are you are you slightly concerned? Hang on, I mean, literally, my my child has just walked in and disrupted the podcast. So oh, I don't not know if my you podcast to, uh... as well. <laughs> oh, she's had her first ever haircut. Looks amazing. First ever. Looks absolutely brilliant. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Are you back then? Do you want to take the dog with you? <laughs> Torn that to shreds. He's growled and barked at his arm reflection. Um, so he's generally a nuisance. But what? your hair looks amazing. Is that
2: important?
0: Uh, no, it's not important. It's just a bit of paper. But do you want to take that back and I'll see you in 20 minutes. We'll go to Frankie and Benny's. I will take some paper So sorry.
1: It's okay. So f- uh, what are you going to have from Frankie and Benny's?
0: Uh, well, actually surprisingly good uh, we've reached an odd point in the sort of vegan movement where the best vegan menus outside of vegan cafes are at your big chains. Yes, yeah. your big chains are sort of obliged to cater for everyone. so Frankie Benny's has a really good vegan range. Uh, and I like the Atmos. I like the vibe in there. Um she'll probably have something like a spag bowl or a pizza, and I'll maybe have the vegan hot dog or the vegan burger.
1: Talking of eating mm-hmm. We have had some emails about shit eating finally and thank you to all of you've who been in touch and by all means keep them coming in hello at cpfpl.com about the use of shit eater as an insult
0: (laughs) so does that mean we're putting this to bed now because i must admit there's a point in all our interviews now and i heard you ask Soggs about it and i want to applaud you for that Mm -hmm. but there's a point when we interview someone now where you then Say, have you ever called anyone a shit eater? And I, I slightly cringe. I'm not going to lie.
1: Why do you cringe?
0: I just think it's actually it's quite a graphic. Yeah. It's one of those, it's a word I use a lot, and then when I hear other people say it, I think, oh god, is that what I sound like when I say it?
1: Well, I'm happy to say, no, you sound like that when you say you are a shit
2: eater. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think shit eater in the sort of that northern twang isn't as bad as. You sort of I think because you're Trying to impress our guests And you're trying to make it sound like It's a legitimate feature
2: mm-hmm.
0: You really emphasise the tease Can I just ask Suggs um, in, in some of the work of matters, Did you ever talk in House of Fun About having a lyric about Shit eaters <laughs> Hey shit eater you and I know
1: She's <laughs> a shit eater <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, here okay. she do, do you know in the last 20 seconds you've saved this feature so let's read the emails and let's not abandon the shit eater for yet.
1: from martin lit oh Litty! oh litty has been in touch
0: uh here we go come in.
1: he says i'm just as stunned as you are how few people have called one another a shit eater i've called my brother a shit eater fairly regularly <laughs> for years I first got wind of this delightful <laughs> phrase while studying for a degree in ancient history at Birmingham University. Ooh, we've got history oh, here, John. Oh,
0: this has gone up a notch.
1: This has gone up a mega notch. The coining of the phrase has been attributed to Livy, Livy, an ancient historian who wrote a history of Rome ten years before Jesus popped up and started suggesting we'd be nice to each other. In one of these books, he talks about a particular set of Carthaginian... Oh, I don't know the word. Oh, Coprophages, Carth- Carthaginian coprophages—things that shit eaters. Yes, the, like rabbits, things that there, uh, eat their own feces, having a particular smile they would all wear. The rizzers. Oh, I think he's having his on. He's basically got a Latin phrase for shit-eating grin.
0: I don't mind it though. Do you want me to check in with Susie Dent? I, I, I you know, I don't often name drop in this podcast, mm-hmm. but. Um... I do have a direct line with Sue's, uh, and if you want me to ask whether it's true that there were shitty to smiles in in the, the great works. Okay,
1: hang on. The, the, I found this on. There is a. There is a. Oh my god! I've googled it. This seems to check out. So he says, and um, that the phrase is risus fece. Feasivorous <laughs> or shit-eating grin. Why they would choose to do this, I don't know. When you're 19 and you're presented with a fact in a lecture about shit-eating sex, that's the one that sticks. The wise and wherefores can frankly sod off. Consequently, shit-eater was a common insult among my uni peers. It's a great insult. I've Googled it. and it, I mean, this does get mentioned on the internet. This is from Roman history. This is, This is BC. This is before Christ. Wow thousands of years of humans calling each other shit eaters martin lit thank you so much
0: well i feel like that's actually now i think maybe we should get rid of it because it is not going to get more intellectual for us than that having someone emailing about their degree and how that shit eater has its sort of historical context
1: god bless that crucible of intellectualism birmingham university for teaching uh, young minds this crucial information uh, about shit-eating so keep your shit-eating emails coming in to <laughs> hello at cpfpl.com.
0: so once you've finished um you're up at the edinburgh festival at the moment shows going well slagging off just babies and the concept of babies you hate all young people has the stress of that meant you've had a couple of beers?
1: It has. Uh, and I try, as you know, during Edinburgh, to be healthy um and to walk a lot and to eat well. But on a couple of nights... Sometimes when you
0: run from your venue, don't you?
1: I beg... Oh, you rotter. <laughs> I genuinely thought you were being serious then.
0: <laughs> you dick!
1: Anyway, when I like to relax, obviously a couple of beers is very handy. And the Pilsner from Rooster's, is delicious. Uh, and as well as being available in a can, it's also the best selling beer at Roosters Tap Room in Harrogate, which has 16 different beers available on Cask and Keg. And I'm telling you, John, the moment I can get to that place, I am there.
0: Well, good news because we will be there. They have a private event space and there will be some CPFPL live shows uh, coming from the tap room later this year. So stay tuned for news of that.
1: Stay tuned. And without wanting to sound like
0: uh,
2: uh, I've got an uh-oh. issue here.
0: Don't bring your crying,
1: baby. At Rooster's Tap Room, just like comedy gigs, are no places for wailing babies. Just don't
0: do it. Yeah, don't bring them to our CPFPL live. Do take them to the regular comedy night. Mickey P. Kerr, a Leeds United fan, friend of ours, uh, he hosts a regular night there. I think he actually, I think you get in, cheaper if you bring a baby. I'm not sure. I haven't checked that. Um, but <laughs> He's got some amazing lineups coming up. He's got Maisie Adam, he's got Josh Pugh, he's got Brennan Reese. so they're all coming up in the months ahead at the Taproom.
1: For more information and for tickets on the next gig, which is on September the 29th, go to the Taproom section of the Roosters website, roosters.co.uk and you get 20% off with the magical CPFPL uh, code, CPFPL20. Uh, enter that at the checkout at roosters.co.uk until the end of September. So, John, there's been yes. a lot of excitement, a lot of speculation about a story that you left us with a couple of weeks ago now that uh, the winner will get three pounds. I'm going to transfer this money.
0: Mm-hmm. Please
1: put us out of our misery.
0: Well, we've had uh, some guesses in. Ben from Boston. Boston, Ben. I think that's Boston Lynx, not Boyston. Um <laughs> I suggest that John's embarrassing story relates to his recent trip to Morecambe, perhaps a double whammy of both a seagull shitting on John's chips, John not realising and eating one, thus becoming himself the fabled shit eater. Um, Nope. Andy Mossop. I think he picked up some dog shit thinking it was from (coughs) his dog, while the owner of the dog who'd actually shit looked on confused, wondering why John was going around picking up random dog shit. Um, Andy Mossop, that's not right. Um, Hello, Matt and John. Right. Rebecca says, We think uh, he may be defecated somewhere he shouldn't have. <laughs> Did he get caught short and have to shit in the street? Either way, his arse does need medical attention. Kind regards, Bex and Matt, a Forest and Leeds fan, almost cohabiting happily. Oh. Um, Stephen romance. S. Gray. Hi, chaps. I would say John's embarrassing story has to do with him having a shit in the woods whilst on a dog walk and using a dog poo bag to pick it up. Steve in Seaford. I like that one. Um, Well, shall I just tell you? I'll give you the top line. Okay. I shat myself outside a school.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Every detail in order, please, now. now.
0: I mean, who gets the three pounds? Because there's a lot of uh, fecal speculation. Okay. I mean, Bex and Matt, since they're Forest and Leeds fans, we think he defecated somewhere he shouldn't have. Got caught short, and that's shit in the street. Yeah. that's very close. I
1: think that's very, very close. So, John, just tell us: was this? Um, I want to know if it was the morning run or the or the evening run, and and what you'd eaten and what. It wasn't it
0: my school run. So, uh, <gasps> do you know if it had been my school run, it probably probably wouldn't have been as bad because I know a woodland area. Um, Lucy uh, and I arranged a, a benefit gig at a school to uh, raise some funds.
1: So you performed there?
0: was performing. So it was a gig. <sighs> okay. uh, it was a gig uh, on the other side of town. Um, I made some tea before we set off. I think we'd been filming uh, Meet the Richardson Series 4. That'll be out next year. Um, during the day, rushed in. Baked a real nice dinner. I made some sweet potato with mm. some vegan cheese and some broccoli and other green veg.
2: Mm.
0: Very, very fibrous meal. Mm. Um too fibrous. Mm. So anyway, we're late. We're always late. Uh we're supposed to be at the gig at I don't know, seven thirty. ETA seven forty-five. Gig starts at eight. Bit of a panic leaving. Come on, come on, come on. Trying to get Lucy in the car. We hit rush hour because we left late, um, get caught in traffic, start getting towards the gig thinking, hmm, very painful. Tried everything, loosened the belt buckle, a couple of notches, reclined the seat. So I'm basically now in sort of Formula One driving position, sort of Mm. practically lying down in the car. Get near the gig and spot a Morrison's and think in normal circumstances, get out of the car, sprint to the toilet in the Morrison's, do my business, we get back on the road. Two things, I know at this point, we're going to be late for the gig and I'm gonna get in trouble with Lucy. We're probably about five or 10 minutes away from the school. And I also think, what if I can't see, you never know where the toilet's gonna be located in a supermarket. Uh, Sometimes it's sort of by the tills, sometimes it's in the cafe. I didn't wanna get in there and find the toilet was out of order and shit myself (laughs) in the supermarket whilst looking for the toilet. I thought I'm gonna shit myself, I'm at least gonna do it in the car. Um, so finish the drive to the school, obviously it's a gig, all the punters are arriving, I think 300 people, only one small car park for the school, so I swing into a sort of what I think is a secluded corner <laughs> of the uh, car park, obviously spotted by a couple of autograph hunters um, who spot the car, realise it's me and Lucy because the car is recognisable from me, the Richardson's, and wander over to sort of wait by the car. Oh, so I pull into park, I say to Lucy, you need to get out of the car now. I'm going to shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, seriously, do you want me to get out? I'm already at this point climbing onto the back seat and unbuttoning my trousers. Oh, my God. Um. So Lucy gets out of the car, d- takes the autograph hunters, I'd say, maybe 10 metres away, okay. at which point, and at this point... All the mockery I've had over the years for being a guy who prepares a certain way can sod off. I reached into the back seat where I have a bucket in which I keep emergency oil, um, certain things for the car, screen wash, things like that. Empty that all over the uh, boot of the car. Put the bucket on the rear side passenger seat behind the driver. uh, Clutch the driver's headrest. Absolute urgent and very unpleasant uh, jettison of what I was carrying. Uh, Used some uh, child wet wipes to to clean up. Used some antibacterial hand gel. uh, Stepped out of the car, greeted immediately by the autograph hunters. Didn't really want to say I can't have a photo with you because I've just shit myself in my car so I had a photo so somewhere there are two people of a photo of me I would say 17 seconds after I've shit then going to the gig thinking what Lucy will have done here she'll have gone in and said John will be in in a minute he's just parking the car Walk into a decidedly ropey atmosphere in the dressing room because Lucy's walked in and said, "John'll be here in a minute." He's just shitting his pants in his car, so now everybody at the gig knows I've just shit my pants. Uh, promoter, the the staff of the school. I then have photos with uh, a dance troupe that the school had arranged to be on at the gig. I mean, just just horrific. Okay, it's a hot day. I had no choice but to leave the offending materials. Uh, in the car no. for the duration thinking <laughs> I couldn't I could not be seen emptying a bucket of swill onto a school playground. <laughs> That's one thing I will say for me. John Richardson can't have that on his on his conscience. That can't be making the press.
1: But he can have it on the upholstery. I want to it wasn't um... on
0: the upholstery, it all went in the bucket. Very accurate if unreliable anus.
1: I want to ask you a couple of things. Firstly mm. Mm. cars have windows. Yep. How certain could you be that no one would see this?
0: I have tinted rear windows, um, so I think I was clear from the side and the back. Obviously, the front was exposed, hence why I went behind the driver's side seat, and I tactically parked the car behind a tree to ensure that anyone in front of the car couldn't see.
1: Thank you. That's a good answer. Secondly, I'm just thinking about where the bucket... Was the bucket sat on the seat, or did you put it in the footwell?
0: Bucket was on the seat. So
1: then you're uh, it's on actually, of, the in terms bucket. of
0: in terms of a proper position in which you're supposed to do these things, all the advice you get to raise the knee, squat down. We you would look to like do Bielsa. It. it was very Bielsa-esque, actually. <laughs> it was very bielsa People would have yeah. just Towards thought you were the
1: recreating end. the Bielsa pose.
0: Admittedly. Uh, really digging the nails into the headrest.
1: But there can't be much headroom. I'm just thinking on the back seat. You put a bucket on there and then a human on top of the bucket
0: godsend being a little guy you know if i'd maybe if i'd have had the full five eight i'd have been in trouble there but luckily i was able to the the the, the greater risk was of falling backwards inside oh, Yeah, you know, I, I just want to have been
1: you, just just to fully complete the picture <laughs> and obviously we've talked about this part of your body before but your balls are, are you william balls dangling into the <laughs> um into the bucket or did you sort 40 this
0: year but they're not like they're not like newton's cradle they do there's a certain amount of purchase okay.
1: but are you are you dangling them all into the bucket or did you sort of pop those over the front like that little cartoon of the guy whose nose is peeking over the wall?
0: <laughs> I think they were dangling in the bucket Wow
1: so then when did you empty the bucket and where?
0: Oh, so then, obviously, as luck would have it, Lucy was heading on to a party with some friends. She was not party to the drive back. So I got back in the car after the gig, obviously all windows down. Um <laughs> <laughs> <I had> to, <laughs> I had to drive all the way home. And I'll tell you what, I've never been so scared of getting pulled over in my entire life. <laughs> I've been pulled over a few times by the police um and never in my life i if anything i was going to get pulled over for driving cautiously if a police car had seen the look on my face they would have known something was up
1: got caught running a brown light
0: <laughs> <laughs> one of the most hideous conversations of my entire life um what's in that bucket please don't look in the bucket <laughs> Show me the bucket, sir. <laughs>
2: um,
0: <laughs> could he be arrested? I don't think so for that kind of thing. But obviously then I had to get home. Obviously we'd had a babysitter there to look after our daughter. I had to get the babysitter out. I got the bucket straight out of the car, hid it behind the car. Then I'd sort of get the babysitter out and then deal with, uh, deal with the problem.
1: And what, did you just tip that down the toilet, destroy the bucket?
0: Yeah, uh I was going to say, sprinted up to the bathroom. I'm not going to lie. Walked very gingerly up to the bathroom, uh, filled the bucket from the bath, and then tipped the ensuing soup uh, <laughs> down the toilet, <laughs> flushed and rinsed three times, and disposed of the bucket.
1: Well, thank you so much for listening to the Fantasy Premier League podcast.
0: It is 3 0 to me, though. Let's just, can I have some dignity back? Um, it's, yeah. it's three weeks in and, it, and it's 3-0 to me but in, if you would given in, me in the, the
1: choice league. of being 3-0 <laughs> up and in that situation or being 3-0 down with Forest making a good start with a win and a draw and having not shat in a bucket I think I'd yeah. take the position I'm in
0: Okay, Um Well, there you go, I promised you the story uh, I'm not. I, I, do you know, genuinely It's the sort of thing, before I got married I never would have put out there, that would have happened Nobody would have known If I were single man, I would have arrived at that gig Smashed it um, And gone home, nobody would be been any the wiser But since I am married to a woman who Has already told that story And indeed has written it into the next series of Meet the Richardsons Let's be honest, it's out there anyway I might as well take ownership of it <laughs> What an honour it is to be joined by lead singer of the Lightning Seeds, a man synonymous, a man whose music is the sound of football for generation. Not least, I mean, Ian Brody, you're the the sound of Goal of the Month. I I just, I I can't get my head around what that must be like. Um, Thank you for joining us. How are you?
2: I'm good, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it was a complete accident. Well, accident. Um, It was the last thing in my mind when I wrote that song. Life of Riley which which they used because uh, you know obviously it was written about my son Riley and him being born and and all about that really so when it was used for the football initially (laughs) it was a bit like oh why are they using that and then after I saw it about twice it was like wow this really really fits you know.
0: Is it upsetting that a song so personal about one of the sort of most important and emotional moments of your life is now synonymous with Alan Shearer wheeling away, pointing one finger in the air.
2: Not not even slightly, no. That's
1: good. <laughs> and they've brought it back, haven't they? I, I watched Match of the Day the other week and they've, they've started using it again, which is a lovely nod.
2: Yeah, they sort of seem to use it every now and again. It's funny because that song, you know, it's a weird story. I, I signed to Virgin Records on an indie label and they were all like, this is a great song, we're going to put it out. And then four days before they put it out, Richard Branson sold the company to uh, EMI or wherever it was. And they got rid of all the staff. So when <sighs> it came out, it came out in this limbo and basically just, just never was a hit. So in a way when they started playing it, it's strange because now 30 years later or whatever, when we play it on stage, you know, in Mexico or in America or in, you know, it's, it's one of the biggest songs in the set and everyone knows it. So it, it, it's been through its ups and downs, if you know what I mean.
0: And now when you play it, you play, Riley's now in the band playing yeah. Life of
2: Riley. What's that like? We just don't ever look at each other during that song. Do you know what I mean? We just kind of, uh, I don't really look at him, but I love having him on the stage there when I'm what, You don't him. look at
1: him because you'd find it too emotional?
2: I think kind of, yeah. I kind of, if I start looking too much, I think, wow, that's mad. And, you know, so I go back like one of those, uh, very English probably. You know.
1: And was it doing the life of Riley and, and having it associated with the Premier League and goals? Is that what led to three Lions?
2: I don't, you know, not from my point of view, but possibly the FA, that might be why they thought of me in a way. I mean, history's kind of changed that round a lot because... Just after Three Lions, it became this whole thing of, you know, it's 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 a brilliant opportunity to do the England song. and to But actually, at the time, I don't think anyone was queuing up to do a song, really. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I sort of said no the first time. And I kind of, you know, I was asked. And then I thought, well, oh, not sure about that, you know. And then I was watching fantasy football, you know, and, and I felt that, um, you know, I just had an idea that if you did a song... Obviously, I'm a Liverpool fan, so You'll Never Walk Alone is not a triumph. I, you know, it's, I certainly didn't want to do a song with a team on it saying, you know, if we were going to do a song, it had to be something, you know, not jingoist. There's a lot of there's a big list mm. of what it shouldn't be in a way. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and we tried very hard to make it not tick any certain boxes, you know.
1: What, what's odd about that is, is obviously it's a very funny song and it, there's a lot of... It is a song about how terrible it is to be an England fan and the misery around it. And yet now... The FA seems to have a very strange relationship where it, they think it has become jingoistic, where they don't like footballs coming home, even though that was the slogan of the tournament. It, it's weird how they've ended up in a position where they seem to resent it. I don't know if that's something you agree with.
2: Well, I just think that everything about the FA is kind of a bit like that, isn't it? From <laughs> through the ages, you know, only probably they're only topped by FIFA in the, in that sort of kind of stakes, you know. But it, it is kind of weird because I remember when the Luka Modric thing was going on, and Luka Modric is standing on the pitch and his national anthem is being booed by the England fans and then they're singing it's coming home I don't think it was strictly it's coming home that made him feel you know uneasy I think it was more the booing of his national anthem do do you know what I mean and then the FA seemed to take things very literally and get paranoid about stuff like that but um, it couldn't be further from that And I I also kind of think, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of Neil Diamond. Yeah. But it is a betting ad, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? So to be really pushing that as hard as they are seems (laughs) slightly counterintuitive. But in a way, it's nice to be the naughty boys in a way, you know.
1: So how did the writing of that song work? How, what was the division of labour between the Lightning Seeds and Skinner and Baddiel?
2: Well, I guess it's me and Skinner and Baddiel, it's <laughs> uh, you Well, know, you can address me in my plural, but... Uh, <laughs> I think that it was a genius lyric that they wrote, really. I mean, we chatted about stuff and we kind of had the It's Coming Home. You know, it was coming home. It was as in the competition, actually. Yes. It was the reference, you know. Kind of wanted to write a song, you know. That wouldn't just be about England, like you were saying. It's about England fans, but it, I think it's just about fans, really. You mm. know what I mean? About every fan, Leeds fan, you know. You lose whoever you are. You lose more than you win when when you take it a long view, uh, and it and it's kind of those tribulations that they're the fun, aren't they, really? and They're not fun at the time, but they kind of are. You know, it's the struggle, the feeling that, which I, th- I think wasn't directly spoken about, but the guys just nailed it in the lyric, really. And and to be fair, they wrote that lyric, you know, other than that it's coming up, And it was entirely their work after our conversations, really.
0: That's what's captured so beautifully because it is the it's like that phrase he's only happy when he's miserable it's the, it, there's something about enjoying the misery of football that is so much part of it it's like if you if you are a football fan and you live with someone who isn't the number of times you'll get told i don't know why you bother following football because it doesn't seem to bring you any joy and you just can't express no but that's that's what it is it's you've got to go through all this for that one bit of good stuff that might happen once every 20 years it's a good time to come on to the the crisis at Liverpool and and what have you made a Liverpool fan of the the absolute mire that you're in at the moment as a club (laughs) (laughs) falling apart really is that fair? That's how I'd (laughs) categorise
2: it I'm not an alarmist but it's all going horribly wrong It's funny that that change because the way the standards are now with City and and looking at Tottenham this year and and, you know Arsenal looking great it's almost like you can't have people talk about Ferguson rebuilding a team, but you have no time to rebuild a team anymore, do you? It has to be mm. instantly rebuilt in a way. And there's no doubt that Mane was the talisman really for, for Liverpool. And I think him coming to the club would almost signified the change on the pitch and everything happened around him really. You know, when he came from Southampton, and it was uh, he was kind of a winger from Southampton at the time, but he just you know he was the first one to really exceed expectations. And then it seemed like we had all these players who just, you know, Andy Robertson from Hull, you know, and, the, you know, the youth players coming through. So a very golden time, you know, and obviously behind it all is Jurgen Klopp, you know, allowing people to express themselves. So I think everyone, we've, everyone trusts Jurgen Klopp, basically. We, we you know, but I do think this year is probably a tricky year in terms of we've got to be a bit lucky with injuries and so far. We're not really. Um, you know, we've got as we speak. It's Manchester United, Liverpool in a few hours, and you kind of um, you're just not hundred percent certain where we are or where they are. Yeah, it could but, be seven nil to Liverpool. It could be two nil to you know. You just don't know. Do you, but you know? they
1: are in a state, though, aren't they? I mean, do, do you get any pleasure from that? Um,
2: <laughs> no. Yeah. I, do you know what? I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm all about Liverpool. I, you know, I'm not really that bothered about. Uh, about the other teams to a degree because I do like football and I suppose you know I know Liverpool fans we do have a sort of rivalry with United and I'm I'm less keen on the way the media talk about United than actually United in this era of kind of clubs who've you know suddenly been injected with enormous amounts of money that seem like to have just fallen from heaven.
1: Talking of which have you ever joined in with a chant we hate Nottingham Forest?
2: That's yeah. You, that's a chant where you don't think of the words, isn't it? It's like it's a traditional <laughs> chant, almost. It? It almost like, like Jerusalem. Yeah. You know, who wrote that? Because it's you know, it's really not fair on Forrest. I agree. Every team sings that, don't they?
1: I don't think so. I think it is just Liverpool singing.
2: Is it? Yeah, no one else oh, sings okay. it. Yeah,
1: yeah I've, I've never heard it at Elrond.
2: Oh, right. I just thought it was a universal. I wonder why we hate Nottingham Forest. I don't.
1: <laughs> oh, thank God. Well, it's because there was a brief period of time where arguably we were the best club team in the world. I know, I agree. But,
2: but I, don't <laughs> think that's, uh, I don't think that would be why we eternally sing that song. <laughs> just because Brighton Clough had one good season. You know, I think I'm sure it's going to be uh, more to it than that.
0: I think it was originally, it was Jerry and the Pacemakers, wasn't it? And then it it sort of,
2: you know,
0: just (laughs) caught on.
2: What song is that then? What song is that based on?
1: Uh, Land of Hope and Glory.
2: Oh, yeah, I thought it was hit. yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, do you know what? That is news to me. I never knew that. I just thought that was something that everybody (laughs) saw.
1: So thinking of modern football, Ian, have you ever played Fantasy Premier League?
2: I've never played any fantasy football, which is a nightmare for this, really, isn't it? I have no idea how you do it. It
0: explains why, when you said earlier, I still like football. It explains that sentence. I'm
2: not really a stats guy, do you know what I mean? So I think...
0: no, there's four DNE plays. He doesn't worry about scoring points or anything like that. He still gains an enjoyment from it, don't you?
2: Oh, I can tell there's some bitterness there between you. <laughs> oh, there is.
1: There is mainly on his side of the fence Ian when he's doing him well. So a psychologist would <laughs> have a field day with that rat. The problem the problem I've got is I've got three forest players in my team because I was so excited doing that great, we're back in the aren't Well, actually, yeah, Brennan Johnson scored nine points this week. But the problem is, it's not just the stats, it's the admin. I forgot to change my team before the deadline. You really have to stay on top of it. But
2: it looks good for Forrest, doesn't
1: it? Oh, I hope so. I mean, i I, I was gutted we didn't get a win at Everton. But still, Mm -hmm. a a point away from home. And then obviously, given the game that um, Newcastle gave to Man City, losing there on the opening game of the season doesn't seem too bad now.
2: I I noticed that with teams coming up now. There's there's a really... It's funny, actually, because there's a really quick adjustment. And if there isn't a really quick adjustment... It's like Norwich, isn't it, or something, and and they never adjust. I think, in a way, everyone was on about the uh, English players. You know, if we had foreign players, would they get worse? But you look at it now and you look at the players coming up from the Championship, and there's... They're, they're pretty much Premiership standard already, yes. aren't they? Really? Yeah.
1: yeah, finally. It feels like it took a while to, to have 30 years. Yeah, for yeah. The and it's finally started to benefit the national side in yeah. a major way.
2: Yeah, no, I think so. I think, um, you know, you look back to the Carlton Palmer days where he was our, <laughs> our big hope. You know, and nothing against Carlton Palmer, of course, but ex Leeds player, wasn't he? Uh, I
1: mean, it must be mad to. England games must be mad for you because you must just get so many offers to do live events or to sing before the game. You must turn so much stuff down.
2: I think it's strange support in England in a way, because mm-hmm. when when they do well in a competition, like you know, everything transforms and it feels like so everything's linked to how they play, really. And if, you know, you can never predict what's gonna happen, can you? You just it's always been like that with England. I think you'd get someone like Mark Wright playing for Derby, and suddenly he'd go to a World Cup, and he'd be like Tiago Silva. You know, I remember yeah. him being a mate. And you, I think it's it's it's, it's kind of you. You get the feeling that um, Spain and all, you know, Brazil. They just they're always really good. But it's like we throw up unlikely heroes, and if we throw up a couple of unlikely heroes, we suddenly start competing, don't we, you know?
1: Yeah, and we fall in love with them as people as well. We have a very personal relationship with them. I mean, it, it really hurts me now to see what Harry is going through, because I think this guy was a national legend in 2018, and he was great during the Euros as well. He's a phenomenal footballer, and he's become the kind of lightning rod for everything that's wrong with Man United it's such a shame i feel like we all fell in love with him we should cut him a bit of slack
2: yeah i think it's, it's you know I, I always i always think with football i look at bands you know obviously because I'm, I'm a musician you know and it and it is that kind of thing where you know you can't it doesn't matter how good the singer is if the drummer can't play you know and vice versa <laughs> and and it's a bit like that for footballers isn't it you know if you if the midfield isn't protecting you you're going to look awful as a centre half if you've not got a I think Harry Maguire's a victim of that to a degree, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? It's just, uh, I, I think he needs, he needs to play in a certain type of team. Yeah. You know, he needs good protection in his midfield. I'm being is... very kind, are I? play someone else. <laughs> just don't just let him get someone the else. ball.
0: <laughs> as long as hey, he doesn't get the
2: ball, he's bloody. <laughs>
0: are you getting too many games at the moment? Because you're starting a tour in November, aren't you? Which I imagine will sort
2: of mean that you can't get too much after that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I go, I go to all the games I can't, really, you know, so uh, we've had tickets since I was a kid, really. Uh, we've had these three season tickets that we've clung on to since the 70s or the 60s or something, you know. Same seats. Well, we got moved actually a couple of times by the, uh, as they've changed ownership, they kind of, sh- you know, they go, oh, your seats are really good, we'll have them, <laughs> usually for the press, funnily enough. You know, um, so we're in the new stand, very high up now, Ooh. but it's quite good because we're the row behind the media. So we can see all the replays now, which is quite
0: cool. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, it's lovely seeing the telly, isn't it? You realise how much you miss in a stadium. When when you see it immediately back and you think, oh, it was a foul, but the stadium has <laughs> gone. The crowd has gone.
2: Yeah, you're kind of furious, aren't you?
0: You've got your, your new singles out, uh, Walk Another Mile. Is that... Is that a cheeky nod to um, You'll Never Walk Alone, or is that just purely a coincidence because the (laughs) word walk is used a lot?
2: Yeah, it's those, you know, yeah, you can't help using the same words sometimes as other songs, (laughs) as long as they're not in the same order with the same (laughs) same tune. (laughs) I always think, anyway. Yeah, uh, no, it's kind of, no, that's a bit more like intended to be kind of like a Northern Soul song in a way, you know. I think that's what I was trying to do um, somewhere between gospel and Northern Soul, but, but being that I'm, you know, can't sing gospel or Northern Soul when I try and do something like that it never ends up near what I'm aiming at, which is one of the, I like that really, you know, but that was the idea behind it, you know, just that whole walking a different, a difficult road, which I suppose is like, you'll never walk. No, I think you'll never walk alone It's about community, isn't it? This is about walking a diff- difficult road,
0: And is that is that a sort of personal story or is that um...
2: I think everything you write is kind of uh, and sometimes you don't uh, you don't figure it out till later in a way. And sometimes if you write with someone else, like the the, that's a kind of the the single that's coming out in uh, next, which is kind of my favourite on the albums, a song called Emily Smiles. Uh, And I think and I think I like it because. You'd never know it was personal, but it is mm-hmm. very personal. And I think, I think that duality is I always love that in music, you know. I think a bittersweet or a duality or a working on different levels. I think that's kind of what you what you want, which which going back to you'll never walk alone, you know, it's it's you know, it's obviously in a completely different context when it's written, takes on a different life. And that's the beautiful thing about songs is you know it's everything's in it's like beauty in the eye of the beholder and every time you put a song in a different context and once it's out there in the world it just never dies and it can have a new life all the time and you'll never know what's going to happen it's like a pinball and i think that's part of the uh that's part of the charm of, of, and the magic of, of of when you you know when there's a song out in the world you just never know what's going to happen with it
1: it sounds absolutely great and the tour coincides obviously with the run up to the world cup so hopefully you've got some of the england games off
2: yeah well i'm really hoping we uh it's such a weird idea isn't it the whole idea of a christmas world cup and i have to say that all the uh the reason it's happening is i really don't like at all Mm. i think it's awful Mm. but when i just think about the experience it will be quite interesting having all those games and that excitement. Does open
0: up the possibility of a combined Christmas and football number one?
2: Ooh, yeah,
0: yeah. That's like multi-ball in pinball, isn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh...
0: <laughs> you just stick a few uh, stick a few bells underneath. Uh, it's coming up. Get it out again.
2: I've, I've had so many people say to me, um, "You should do a Christmas version," you know put some sleigh bells on it. Yeah. And uh, to be honest with you, that is exactly what you would do if you were doing a Christmas version. <laughs> Just again. I, I thought, I'll listen to Christmas songs. I'll listen to Phil Spector. And I'll listen to Roy. You know, what do they do? Out of interest, you know, and it's exactly what they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then play it for the rest of their lives and absolutely hate it. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Ian, this
1: has been phenomenal. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah. Well, it's lovely chatting to you and thank you a lot for having me on. Pleasure. Thanks so much. Good luck with the tour. Nice to meet you both. Cheers. Cheers, mate.
0: That's all we've got time for this week. We'll be back on Friday when we'll be talking not about shit. How do you like that for half an hour? We'll be talking to fellow Leeds fans, star of the most recent Taskmaster and, of course, Father Ted, Ardlow Hanlon.